0: Good morning. It's Wednesday, August 7th, and you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz, a daily podcast catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined this and every weekday by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, what is going on?
1: 17 more days until the start of the college Mm. football season. Connor, as we get going here, we already knew Washington coach Chris Peterson was not a fan of the NCAA Transfer Portal, Now he's doing something about it. According to Bruin Report Online, which is a 24-7 sports site that covers UCLA, Peterson and his Huskies are blocking the eligibility waiver of transfer quarterback Colson Yankoff, who landed at UCLA this offseason. So the portal obviously makes it easier for players to transfer and be contacted by other schools. But did you know this? All conference rules still apply. The Pac-12, along with the Big 12, are unique that they have their own rule that intraconference transfers must sit out a year, and any player who wishes to be eligible immediately would have to have his school waive that penalty. Pierce, Tracy Pearson of Bruin Report Online reported Tuesday that Washington informed Yankoff in writing it would not support his waiver of that interconference rule. Attorneys got involved, and that led to an internal hearing, and still Yankoff was denied. Though the NCAA has acted erratically this offseason in approving or denying requests for immediate eligibility, there is the belief at UCLA that if Washington said, yeah, sure, okay, the NCAA would would be fine with Yankov playing in 2019. Yankov was a four-star prospect in 2018, part of a two-quarterback class for the Huskies that year. He redshirted last fall and transferred after the spring quarterback battle in which he was looking at being number four on the pecking order. As for UCLA goes... Well, Chip Kelly's got a lot of guys in his quarterback room led by sophomore Dorian Thompson-Robinson, but whether Yankoff would have been a contender this year is not really the point.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of weird. As we were like chatting, making the show rundown, we were we were both kind of surprised that this was a thing that uh, schools could be allowed to do and it just kind of seems like this is a situation where it seems like if this is going to be the rule that you can't transfer between schools in the same conference, then it should be the case in every conference. But I don't, I, I would be interested to hear someone who really believes that we should have that rule explain why we need to have it. I, I mean, is it a, we're going to steal your plays kind of thing? Because I mean, you could transfer from Clemson to South Carolina as uh, Tavian Feaster has done. And that, and uh, you know, a conference, a no transferring within the conference rule wouldn't apply in that situation. But, Arguably, if it's a competitive issue, it would be just as big of a problem for that uh, as if it was from Florida to South Carolina.
1: Yeah, and obviously the NCAA has its own rule about transferring that usually you'd have to set out a year barring a hardship. I was just thinking with the transfer portal, we were sort of removing the power of coaches to say, no, you can't go there. And this, is right. this, this rule that's coming up kind of uh, removes that protection that the players have. I understand why Chris Peterson would do this. It's a conference foe. You don't want to you know, let Colson Yankoff set a, a weird precedent here, but uh, definitely a little bit of a, a surprising headline to see on, on
0: Tuesday. He was still able to transfer there. He just can't play immediately, which would be the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah so,
1: and, but, but if the – I mean, it looks like Washington wouldn't even give him a chance to make his case for it. Right. So – I don't know. No, I mean, I see both sides of the story. Uh, I, th- I, maybe, maybe the big headline here is no. 12 and the big 12 have weird rules.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't correcting you as much as making sure the, the audience understood, because I think that that is a thing that constantly gets muddled in this discussion, like the ability to transfer versus the ability to transfer and play immediately, uh, which is what happened here. Um, A pair of disconcerting news items coming out of Gainesville, Florida today. The first is strictly football-related, as we learned that Florida cornerback C.J. McWilliams will miss the 2019 season. Gators head coach Dan Mullen confirmed to local media on Tuesday that the redshirt junior tore his Achilles tendon. Florida has already been battling depth issues in the secondary this fall. Behind starting cornerbacks uh, C.J. Henderson and Marco Wilson are three true freshmen, and Kyrie Elam, uh, Jaden Hill, and Chester Kimbrough. At Nickelback, where McWilliams was getting, most of his reps this fall is Trey Dean as a starter and John Huggins got time there in the spring, but Huggins has missed the entirety of fall camp due to a family issue, which takes us into our second and far more troubling story. It's a little complicated, and I've seen some people getting the timeline wrong talking about this on Twitter, so I'm going to try to walk us through it. As I said, sophomore defensive back John Huggins has been missing from Florida's practice because of what has been described as a, quote, family issue. And we still don't know any more about what that issue is. But... When you're missing from fall practice and no one knows why, reporters start sending out open records requests to try to figure out what is going on. And as a result of those requests, Thomas Goldcamp of Swamp 24-7 was able to report this morning that Huggins was twice referred to UF's Student Conduct and Conflict Resolution Department for separate incidents occurring in the fall of 2018. One of those incidents involved Huggins allegedly putting his hands around a tutor's neck. The incident involving the tutor took place on October 1st and according to police reports involved Huggins placing his hands around the tutor's neck after she had confiscated his phone as a means of ensuring that he would not bail on his tutoring session as he had done several times previously. Uh, After Huggins put his hands on her neck, the complainant told him he could have his phone and go. The police report indicates that the complainant did not wish to press charges against Huggins following the incident. Um, Huggins uh, played in five games prior to that incident, but they did not play again afterwards. A UF spokesman told uh, Swamp 24-7 on Monday that the team has known about both incidents for a while. Mullen clarified when asked on Tuesday that Huggins' current absence is not related to those incidents.
1: In, in Thomas Goldcamp's article on the site, he mentions that this incident is one of at least five involving alleged violence against women that have been reported at Florida Just since Dan Mullen arrived a year and a half ago, that's not good at all. Find me a worse offseason than the one the Florida Gators have had. All righty. Got some trivia for you all to mull over as we take a quick break. It's inspired by a very good movie I just watched. First Man starring Ryan Gossin. Here is the trivia question. Which president in a speech compared the difficulty of reaching the moon in a rocket to Rice's chances of defeating the Texas Longhorns? Answer after the break. All right. We are back. The question was, which president in a speech compared the difficulty of reaching the moon in a rocket to Rice's chances of defeating the Texas Longhorns? That would be John F. Kennedy. Man made it to the moon in 1969. And since JFK's speech, Rice has beaten Texas twice, though I doubt it'll ever happen again. And by the way, if you have a trivia question you think would be good for the show, leave it in a review on our Apple podcast page.
0: With Bijan Robinson committing to Texas last weekend, and Tank Bigsby set to announce his decision this Friday, the elite running back dominoes in the class of 2020 are really starting to fall. And according to our own Steve Wiltfong, it sounds like number one running back Zachary Evans' recent visit to Athens at the end of July has put Georgia in terrific position to add Evans to their fold. And some independent reporting from Rusty Manziel of Dogs 24/7, talking to some different sources, backs up what Wiltfong was hearing. Uh, Georgia already has the commitment of the number four running back in the 24-7 sports composite in Kendall Milton. So this would be an absolutely loaded running back class for the Bulldogs. But we should expect nothing less from running back you.
1: Yeah, shades of uh,
0: Nick Chubb and Sonny
1: Michelle. Maryland sophomore wide receiver Ja'Shawn Jones will miss the entire 2019 season after tearing the ACL in his left leg during a practice Monday, the program announced Tuesday. Jones was expected to be the Terps' leading receiver this fall, so this is a massive blow for Mike Locksley in year one. (laughs) Last year in the opener, Jones had a rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and a passing touchdown in that week one win over Texas, so I remember him well. And in total, he had five receiving scores, the most by a Maryland freshman since Stephon Diggs.
0: Yesterday, we talked about an Auburn wide receiver expected to be questionable for the opener against Oregon. Well, the Oregon Ducks got some bad news of their own at the wide receiver position this week. Uh, Brendan Schooler suffered a broken bone in his foot, and according to head coach Mario Cristobal, will be out, quote, six weeks optimistically, eight weeks realistically. As a junior in 2018, Schooler caught 21 passes for 203 yards and one touchdown. The grim news continues. Kentucky will be without wide receiver Isaiah Epps
1: for the next six weeks, thanks to a foot fracture. Uh, Epps has not produced much in the last two years, but he is expected to be a starter whenever he returns this fall in an offense that's supposedly going to be airing it out more with quarterback Terry Wilson. First two games for the Wildcats are Toledo and Eastern Michigan, so no worries there. However, the Florida Gators come to town in week three, so hopefully Epps will be ready for that one.
0: A couple of late arriving news items here. The NCAA has determined that Chris Steele will be eligible immediately at Southern California after transferring from Florida. The former four-star prospect is now officially in the mix to take over one of USC's two open cornerback spots this fall. Steele is currently battling redshirt sophomore Greg Johnson, sophomore Elijah Griffin, and redshirt freshman Isaac Taylor Stewart. Finally today, Tom Herman and the Longhorns secured a pledge on Tuesday night from four-star cornerback Ethan Pouncey out of Winter Park, Florida. Pouncey is just Texas's 13th commit so far in the class of 2020, and if you just look at average composite score, UT is actually ranked ahead of second-ranked Alabama, so if the Longhorns stay hot on the recruiting trail, watch out. That's going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. For Trey Scott, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Thursday for the next edition of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz.